Knox. Cause she fancy, yeah. She on her own grind, don't got a lot of time. She fancy, yeah. She ain't sedated, just extra pretty. Cause she fancy, yeah. She got her own dollars, ain't with the drama. Cause she fancy, yeah. She gon' demonstrate that she's sophisticated. Cause she fancy, yeah. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today on Fancy Chat Podcast. Today I have Tiffany Johnson and she works in the area of life insurance. So, you know, recently I did post a story on life insurance and how important it is um, for us to have some sort of policy and also let you know that I will have someone who works in the area to answer more of your questions. So thank you to everyone out there who actually send in some questions. There are some good ones and we're going to tackle those today. But let me give you a little bit of information about Tiffany. Um, She received her Bachelor of Science degree in biology from the University of North Texas in Denton, Um, and she also received her Master's of Business and Healthcare Management from Capella University in St. Paul, Minneapolis. Um, Tiffany has spent much of her adult career in the mortgage and service industry, and her expertise has been catered towards mid-level management, loan product knowledge, customer service conflict and resolution, and compliance and regulatory affairs. Just recently, Tiffany has embarked on a new journey as an independent life insurance agency with Prime America. Uh, She became a licensed agent in May of 2017 and enjoys seeing her clients make the right decisions based on their circumstances. And we are going to welcome Tiffany today. Thank you, Tiffany. Hey. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Um, Thank you much. Thank you again uh, for joining me today. So, I've definitely known Tiffany for a while, and I thought that she would be the best person um, to join us here today. So I'm definitely going to give you the floor and just kind of give us a little bit of information. I know I just kind of talked about your background, but why don't you tell me more about you and um, definitely why you chose to go in this area? Okay, so I decided to go in the area because of experiences. Um, We all have experience going to a funeral, either once or twice in our lifetime. But um, as we get older, our relatives, grandparents, parents, they do get older, and there will be a time where God will call them home. Mm -hmm. So uh, the reason why I decided to get into this particular business in this industry was based on a life experience that I had to deal with within the last probably three years. Um, My father uh, come from a, a very large family, and his last living uncle, Um, did not have any children. Mm -hmm. However, he married a woman that had children. And he worked very hard in his lifetime, was able to retire from two different jobs, and uh, ended up leaving my father as the executor of his estate. Okay. Within that, there came a lot of responsibilities Mm -hmm. placed on my father. But then, you know, because of the dynamics of my father and my relationship and our family's tight-knit relationship, my father basically came to me and had questions about what to do. Right. Um, With that being said, and to also make a long story short, um, we literally had to go out to San Francisco, California, to basically uh, resolve a lot of his affairs. Mm. And with that came a lot of different, you know, issues that we were not (laughs) prepared for. Right. However, um, putting both of our heads together, we were able to get through um, a the steps of it, uh, and particularly with probate court okay. uh, in the state of California, um, it has an extensive probate court. And so uh, being a Texas girl <laughs> uh, raised, you know, living in Texas all my life, um, my father and I basically decided to kind of cut corners, which that may have not been, you know, 
the best avenue to take, but yeah. because we are not uh, residents of the state of California, mm-hmm. we decided to do it the best way that we knew how. Right. I wouldn't recommend that, but <laughs> it worked in our favor. Mm-hmm. So um, father was left and appointed as the executor of the state, and with that came a lot of financial responsibilities, um, in particular with the life insurance policies. Um, he had about four living sisters remaining. Mm-hmm. Currently today, there's only three. Um, the the fourth one was actually my grandmother who passed away in mm. 2016. Mm. So um, my father and I were able to kind of discuss, you know, what we needed to do to basically resolve his estate. And with that being came about the life insurance policies. Mm-hmm. And so when the opportunity was brought to my attention, I was like, this is a no-brainer. Um, because our community definitely needs Absolutely. an advocate to expose and share and educate and bring forth the knowledge of why it's so important for you to have a personal policy, and that's outside of your work policy. Right. And I'm glad you actually said that because that's definitely one of the questions on here. And so I work in, of course, we know I work in the financial industry, and that's one of the things that we talk about because a lot of banks, some of them offer policies, some of them do not, you know, but one of the questions or one of the things that we have to talk about is is actually having a policy outside of what your employer offers. And so um, that's not something that I necessarily knew a lot about either, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of going in. Um, it's really, honestly, not until I kind of started talking to you about it that I thought more outside of the box. So let's kind of talk about what the benefits of actually having a policy outside of work and maybe um, how often you should review this policy. Sure, sure. Um, I would say that there's probably about three major points that you need to keep in mind when you do uh, obtain a policy outside of work. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the main thing is just in the event that you are um, laid off, you're fired, mm-hmm. or you just voluntarily decide to go to another you know, job or another type of industry, usually with those three, um, you most likely cannot take your work policy with you. Right. Um, some um, jobs may offer a conversion mm-hmm. where you have up to about 30 to 60 days to basically convert that policy to a, a personal policy. Um, with that, chances are it may be higher because most of your uh, employers will base a master policy off of the number of employees mm-hmm. and the, a- the average age of, okay. of the workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a personal policy outside of your your employer is beneficial because you have the power to basically carry that policy wherever you go. Mm, okay. So if you decide to relocate to another state, um, city, um, if you decide to go into a different industry, mm-hmm. you have the control over your personal policy. Your employer does not. Can I ask a quick question about that? Sure. So, in, you know, with that being said, so if you do relocate or if you do go into a different industry, is it necessary to have that policy reevaluated or do things stay the same? You can make adjustments to your policy, um, and that's something that you want to ask um, your agent, okay. you know, upon um, having that discussion mm-hmm. because in life your circumstances do change. Right. And so um, if you need to make adjustments, meaning increase it mm-hmm. or reduce it, or add on, mm-hmm. um, then when those times come about, then you just basically need to communicate with your agent and say, hey, these are some things that are coming up right now, right. and I, I need to know what powers do I have, what kind of control do I have in the, in the current policy that I 
Right. At this point. And so that could be life changes, like maybe if you get married or if you mm-hmm. get divorced, mm-hmm. children and, and all that fun stuff. Um, okay, perfect. And so <clears throat> with that, um, let's talk about maybe a sample plan and fees associated, because I know we um, in a good age to potentially start, because I know that all that's important age and um, your health. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, let's let's start with age and health, and then we can go into the other stuff in, after that. Okay, so first and foremost, I definitely want to point out that there are two different types of insurance, mm-hmm. life insurance policies. One is term, yes, and the other one is whole. Um, the whole life policy can also be known as universal or group uh, universal, and there, in the insurance industry, depending on which you know avenue you take. Um, since I actually took the term policy mm-hmm. avenue, um, that's pretty much the basic form of insurance that um, a lot of people will most likely start off with um, simply because it's more affordable. Okay. Okay. Um, term life policy is just basically where um, you want to pur- purchase the policy um, at a young age mm-hmm. because at a young age, you're not dealing with um, the health issues in right. most cases. Um, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes, sugar, um, you know, heart conditions, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff that you're more likely inclined to as you get older in life. And so uh, when it comes from an underwriting perspective, and I'm speaking in general terms because I'm not a licensed underwriter, Mm -hmm. um, in the event that you put in an application, chances are the younger that you are, the more affordable that policy is going to be with term life mm-hmm. because you won't have those health issues that are involved at an early age. Right. Um, as opposed to being older, mm-hmm. uh, middle age, past senior citizen, you're dealing with the high blood pressure, the mm-hmm. diabetes, right. the family genetics that may set, you know, set in mm-hmm. well after, you know, middle age. Right. And so as you get older, that policy premium may be higher because the risk and taking out a life insurance policy becomes greater. Okay, okay. Um, and so how, and a good question would be, how, like, what's, okay, what determines how much you get? Like, do you really determine, or can you say, hey, this is the plan that I want, and this is how much I want to take? Because usually with your employer, um, it may be two times your salary or something like that. So how will we determine if you have your personal policy you know how much you get. Usually with my clients, um, if, if it's on a personal note um, and I'm kind of aware of their financial situation, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to ask them, how much do you think that you could afford? Okay. Because my my point is not to break anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, if I know that you can't afford a $500 million policy, then why would I put you in it? Because yeah. the chances of you lapsing on that policy is going to be increased. Right. So for the most part, um, I'll have a conversation with someone and ask them, you know, what do they do for a living? Mm-hmm. You know, how often, you know, do you keep your bills up? You know, all that kind of stuff. What type of industry are you working in? You know, how responsible <laughs> are you as right. an adult, uh-huh. a working adult, and right. you keeping up the priorities, mm-hmm. um, monthly expenses, you know, budgeting, right. and all that good stuff. Uh, once I build that relationship with someone, then um, I may ask them, you know, hey, you know, what are you looking for? How mm-hmm. much can you afford? Uh, for a single person, you know, I'm going to basically kind of figure out, okay, what do you do for a living and how much can we can, can we work out? Right. For someone that is married, mm-hmm. they have a family, um, they have two, three kids. Um, also, considering their 
you know, if they're having to take on other responsibilities from other family members, right. that's another thing, mm-hmm. you know, so there's other, other factors that play a part in how much can you truly afford. Right. And like I said, you know, my job is not to break you. Yeah. <laughs> my job is to basically um, put you in a position to where if anything happens to you, mm-hmm. then your family would be able to pick up the pieces and keep it moving. Right. Um, in a sense to where, you know, if you have a mortgage, you have a, you know, house note, you mm-hmm. have other debt that you're responsible for mm-hmm. and you're in a, in a marriage household. Right. If you have two people bringing in, one person's bringing in a hundred thousand income, mm-hmm. the other person's bringing in 50,000. Mm-hmm. Well, if something happens to the, to the person that's bringing in a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, that's going to dr- drastically yeah. affect that household household in the event that that hundred thousand dollar income earner Right. Dies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cause now we're at hundred, we're, we're down to 50. Exactly. We were at 150 exactly. and we're at 50. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it, that plays a part in the discussion that I have with my clients because, okay. um, I wouldn't want to set them up with a lower policy mm-hmm. and it won't be beneficial in the event that that person, that key person passes away. Right. The breadwinner. Mm-hmm. So it's important to, um, basically build the relationship first right. in order to determine what's going to be beneficial for them. Okay. And once we get them in that, that, that policy, that personal policy, mm-hmm. if there are life changes that come about, we can make adjustments as we go. All right. But the key thing is just making sure that we get them something, preferably term life, <laughs> that they can afford. Right. And then if we need to make adjustments, mm-hmm. which in life we all make adjustments. Absolutely. everything is not perfect. Right. So when those adjustments need to be made, mm-hmm. then they just give me a call back and say, hey, Tiffany, I got this going on. Right. You know, we've lost our job or mm-hmm. we've lost this or something has happened within, you know, that household. Right. And we can talk about it and come up with a plan. And that's awesome. And so I would say the key takeaway of just that whole statement right there is that adjustments can be made. Correct. And so um, a lot of times we may, you know, get a little um, confused or we uh, may not have a clear understanding and we think we may get locked into something. But the good thing is, is that if, I mean, life changes, so therefore adjustments can be made. Right. And so um, another question that kind of goes with that, what's required when you are um, looking to get life insurance? So do you have to go out and get some sort of physical? Um, do you need something back from your doctor? Um, or just is it just um, on the honor system? So yeah. I just fill out a form and say, hey, <laughs> this is what's going on and just take it. Well, it's important to know your health, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Yeah. Um, so obviously you want to be as healthy as you can in order to be able to obtain a you know, affordable premium. And so um, typically with the company that I'm sponsored through, Primerica, mm-hmm. um, what we like to say is when we have that conversation about health, because there are questions within um, our interview when we submit the application, we do have to ask about health. Um, are you a smoker, non-smoker? Um, you know, have you had any major surgeries, any, anything like that? We have to ask those questions. And it's based, it is based off a honor system. Mm-hmm. However, um, there is a secondary part to that. When we submit your application, it goes through um, kind of like a verification of your MIB. MIB? What's mm-hmm. that? Uh, the MIB is like your medical history. Okay. And so the underwriter has the ability to basically go and check to see if you were being honest okay. or if you were misrepresenting your information. And with that being, the underwriter will basically determine if they have to schedule a third party to get in contact with you to mm-hmm. go through the clinical part. And right. just basically to schedule for you and the, um, the actual representative from that third party medical mm-hmm. area to come out and basically take some blood work. Um, and they run your blood work through 
the system and determine, okay, hey, are you healthy or are you not healthy? How does that conversation go? <laughs> well, and, and usually what I tell people is, you know, based on the information that you've provided to me, mm -hmm. um, um, once I submit your application through the underwriting process, um, you may hear back from the underwriter advising that they need to schedule someone to come out and basically set up a meeting with you to go through the medical part. Um, and it's at no cost. There's okay. no additional cost. Mm -hmm. um, we just basically need to set up a time that's convenient, and then they go from there. They take it from there. And we let those experts kind of go through, mm -hmm. you know, answering questions in particular to the health part. Okay. So how long is this whole process from beginning to end? So like well, when you come in and say, hey, you know, Tiffany, this is what I'm looking for from the initial visit all the way to I sign on the dotted line. Mm -hmm. It really depends on uh -huh. how good we talk. <laughs> um, sometimes it could take anywhere 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. um, there are other um, opportunities that I also go through just depending upon the conversation. Okay. Uh, because the company that I'm sponsored through, Primerica, um, they're like the Walmart of the financial servicing industry. Mm -hmm. uh, we do partner up with other um, organizations that can help pretty much build your financial house. Okay. And that's from laying the foundation mm -hmm. with the life insurance policy and then other areas um, of opportunities such as um, retirement. Mm -hmm. uh, we also handle um, um, in the event that you need to save money for children going off to college. Um, we also have other um, big things, and one of the big partnerships that I like is with the alarm system. Oh. Um, you hear of the normal companies, ADT, um, I can't even think of any other one. AT&T, a lot of these um, telecom uh, companies mm -hmm. have basically kind of ventured out right. um, to basically broaden their customer network. And so one of the companies that I really like, and I'm, an, I'm a customer at this point, is um, the alarm system company called Vivid. Okay. And um, if you're looking for an alarm system that's custom-made to your particular resident, mm -hmm. um, then they can basically bring someone out and, you know, give you a quote and go over the details, which is, you know, setting up the alarm system, showing you how to work it. Um, they have, you know, digital keypad. Um, you can pretty much answer your door away from home, uh, which is one of the key things that I like. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> because um, even though I, I live in a, I feel like I live in a secure neighborhood. Right. It's not guaranteed 100%. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I'm expecting someone to deliver something at my house, mm -hmm. um, I can actually see who that person is, mm. and they don't even know that I see them. Well, okay, <laughs> so, so that's fancy. That right. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> right. Okay, well, perfect. But, um, and so once, you know, like what's actually included, like what type of bills can be taken care of or what type of things, and I know um, – people bring, you know, may leave behind a lot of debt. And I mean, and we were talking about like, you know, losing a significant um, salary or mm -hmm. something like that, or just say if even if it's someone that's single and they still have that debt out there, you know, where is that going to go? What are, what are we going to do with that? And so um, a big thing is student loans. Mm -hmm. I mean, so we a lot of us have student loans out here that have accumulated yes. and mm -hmm. they just keep going where we don't know. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, you know, I make the joke, I'm going to be paying student loans back until I die or whatever. <laughs> and then after, I don't know who else is going to get that bill. Right, so right. Um, let's, let's kind of talk a little bit about that, like what's included. And you did talk about that mortgage and all of those other bills, maybe hospital bills mm -hmm. too. So um, let's kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, once you sit down with, a, with your client and, and you talk over um, in the event that you pass away, whether you're single or you're married, what would you like your family to do with um, that 
policy premium, the, mm-hmm. the, the benefits of that. And so um, normally what I encourage people to do is basically sit down and write down what their long-term uh, expenses are mm-hmm. and their short-term expenses are. And typically um, what we like to do when we initially sit down with someone is kind of discuss in the event that they're single versus when they get older. Mm-hmm. And there is, there's a diagram that we kind of have um, with Primerica that's in a, in a workbook, and it talks about the, the fact that you want to have insurance at an early stage, um, and then when you get to that, that elderly stage, mm-hmm. how there's a um, meet in the middle to where there's an area that goes down, and then there's an area er, that goes up. Okay. Well, when you're older in life, you really don't need a lot of insurance. Right. You want to focus on the retirement piece of it. Mm -hmm. And so you can make the adjustments within your policy, especially when it comes to the point where, um, well, let me back up. With term life insurance, term meaning there's a period of time that you're going to get it at a more affordable rate. Mm -hmm. Those terms typically will be between 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Okay. I, I... I have it myself written out a um, policy that's 40. It's usually within 20 to 25. Okay. Um, so when once you get to that point where your term is coming up, we will send you out a notification saying, hey, within the next 12 months, your 25-year, your 20-year, 30-year is coming is going to expire. And so please notify us so that we can know what you would like to do mm-hmm. with your current policy. That way we can make adjustments, either increase it or, dec- or decrease it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the benefits of that is is you can make those adjustments based on your life circumstances. Mm-hmm. So in life, <laughs> when we're straight out of college, mm-hmm. we have a lot of debt. Right. Okay. However, once we get in that middle stage of working, mm-hmm. we should be paying off that debt that we've commu- uh, accumulated right. in, a, in that early stage of life. Mm-hmm. When we retire, we shouldn't have a lot of debt. Right. So that's when the diagram kind of comes to the meeting ground Mm -hmm. to where we should be eliminating debt as we become elder Mm -hmm. and then making adjustments with our term policy to basically start retiring. Mm -hmm. And in the event that the person dies within the term or after the term, then they will leave someone as their beneficiary. Mm -hmm. And that's the person that will basically receive the benefits of that policy. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, what we also encourage people to do is establish a will. Okay. um, Or you can also establish a trust Mm -hmm. if your assets are tremendous. Right. (laughs) Um, But in most cases, um, our community, they kind of shun away from the will because at at this point in time, they really don't care because Mm -hmm. they're no longer living. Right. Um, But when you have a family and particularly children, mm-hmm. you don't want your children fighting over who's going to have what. Right. So when you establish that beneficiary, mm-hmm. you're telling the beneficiary, this is what I want you to do with whatever debt that I have remaining, mm-hmm. um, how you want to be buried. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to leave someone something, whether it be something tangible or intangible, whether it be the money, mm-hmm. whether it be the house, whether it be jewelry, in that will, you have the control to say, this is how I want this to be done. Okay. And so it goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. Okay. Perfect. Um, the and other thing that I was wanting to touch bases on is um, uh, the contingency beneficiaries. Okay. Um, and I speak of this because 
um, we have children that also die at an early age, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people think when they set out their life policy, they want to leave everything to their children. Well, if they die early, mm -hmm. um, their children may not be of age or be mature enough to know how to handle a large sum of money or right. those particular responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And so um, with Primerica, we do offer not only just having one beneficiary or two beneficiary, we also encourage people to set aside contingent beneficiaries. Because if something happens to your two primary beneficiaries, mm -hmm. you want to make sure that, that you have some, uh, someone else or two people in place to basically cover you know, right. what you still want them to take care of. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, because, you know, especially in a situation like that, it's already so much to just deal with emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's not something that's just at the top of the priority right. list, you know, and I see it often mm -hmm. um, when people come in after someone has passed away and they need to figure out, you know, bank accounts and, and right. assets and it's just, it's too much, yeah. you know. It's and overwhelming, so especially it's very if you're not accustomed to dealing with or making those types of decisions. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and who really wants to do that? Um, and speaking about that, I'm curious, do you have any sort of supplemental insurance, so to speak? And, and let me kind of explain a little bit more what I mean by that about um, people who, younger people, and not necessarily um, children, um, but it could be, you know, early 20s or something like that that may not have a lot of information on life insurance or nobody has actually taught them what's important, what's not important, and they may die at a young age and family members have to pay for that. Right. So um, it's happened. I mean, I, I know it was one of the questions that came up, you know, where uh, one of the family members passed away. And so, you know, now the family has to deal with their loved ones passing away, but you also have to deal with who is going to pay for this funeral. Mm -hmm. That's the worst. Mm -hmm. um, so what can someone do, and, and if, is there anything that they can do in that situation? The, the up-and-coming thing right now is the GoFundMe. Yes. Uh, and I cringe whenever <laughs> I see I do too. Um, a link or an email or anything on social media that talks about <laughs> please support you know, or send money because this person passed away mm -hmm. unexpectedly. Um, and that's the biggest thing that the insurance company or the industries kind of are dealing with right now is this quick and easy way of, um, quote unquote, begging yes. for money, begging for help to bury someone else's loved one that mm -hmm. you have no type of connection with. You may have known them through the grapevine, but you have no connection with. Right. So it's a plug on your heart. Mm -hmm. And um, what we encourage people to do is um, basically have those tough conversations of, what to do in the event of, mm -hmm. you know, in the event of mommy, daddy passing away, right. what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. um, I think so much in our, our communities, brown communities, we don't want to talk about it. Mm -mm. We want to sweep it under the rug. We want to shy away from it because big brother, big sister is going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. Well, you really don't know what kind of headspace big brother and big sister is going to be in the event that that happens. Right. So it's important to have a game plan. Um, we do not have a, I guess, a supplemental uh, policy that we can Im enforce okay. in the event that someone has already passed away. Mm -hmm. um, we want to basically, you know, tackle that firsthand. Right. We don't want to wait until, you know, you're at the hospital and they mm -hmm. say, oh, we're announcing this person dead right. at 259. Right. You know, exactly. We, we definitely want to make sure that you're prepared. Mm -hmm. And the conversation to have that is early on. Right. Um, you can't expect, you know, a 15 year old or a 22 year old 
to be on that level of taking care of mommy and daddy's, you know, business. Right. Um, because a lot of times it's too much for them to deal with. Mm-hmm. Having to deal with a person's, a loved one's death is let alone too much. Right. <laughs> and expecting them to handle, you know, all of this responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's too much. It's and overwhelming. The moral of the story is really just to have these conversations. Yeah. You, you know? have to have the mm-hmm. conversations early in life. Um, and if, especially if you're married and you have smaller children, right. you know, you want to set aside those things first hand. Mm-hmm. You don't want to depend on someone else or, you know, you want to, don't want to depend on your husband and thinking that he's going to take care of everything. Right. Have those conversations. One thing that I do like to do is when I sit down with a marriage, a mm-hmm. married couple, I want to talk to both parties. Um, because also, also often we have married couples that only one person comes in and they're going to take care of everything. Right. <laughs> and the other, uh, spouse mm-hmm. doesn't know, doesn't have a clue mm-hmm. on what's going on. Right. And so I, I'm, I like to be very informative and I like to let both parties know this is what will happen in the event that your husband passes away and right. vice versa. Mm-hmm. This is what will happen in the event that your, your wife passes away. And then also the children, mm-hmm. because children are not immune to, you know, living a short life as well. Nope. Yeah. I mean, it, and like you said, and so um, I think the first time the conversation came to me, um, it was just it was just kind of put out there. You know, one thing that is guaranteed is that you will die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no it's no way around that. Right. And it's, it's so harsh, but it's so real, mm-hmm. you know. And so my mother kind of, you know, she talked to us about it young and, you know, talked about different policies and what she has going on. We don't want to hear that. Right. But it's something that is necessary because if it does kind of, you know, whenever it does happen, you know, we're, we're definitely prepared. And, and like you said, you have spouses who have no idea what's going on. And so when it happens, they still don't know what's right. going on. It's devastating. Right. Yeah. You know, people can have stuff all over the place and they have, no idea. Um, One of the things that I wanted to also touch bases on is when I was sharing the story about my my uncle, mm-hmm. my dad's uncle, and um, when he passed away, he, you know, provided my uncle and appointed him with being the executor of the state, mm-hmm. but he did not inform him where those particular documents were located. That's important so too. <laughs> one of the things that um, we had to do, and the reason why I had to join my father to go out to California, is to look for the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> my point in sharing that is to, when you have those discussions, mm-hmm. make sure that you um, tell those key people, such as your beneficiaries mm-hmm. as well as your contingent beneficiaries, if they're you know older and mature enough to understand the mm-hmm. process. Make sure you tell them where those important documentations are. Right. I can tell you this. One of the eeriest things that I have ever had to do in my life mm-hmm. is to go into someone's house and look for personal paperwork, yes. going through their personal belongings. Mm-hmm. That was very eerie to me. Right. And so um, going back to that, just mm-hmm. make sure you know, you let your your key people know where those documentations are. If they're going to be right. in the in the upper type right hand corner of your closet or underneath your bed with your stash of <laughs> in the box. Yeah. <laughs> this is the combination. Yeah. Yes. Let somebody know. Exactly. Let somebody know where that stuff is at. Goodness. <laughs> or if it's a key in a, the safe deposit mm-hmm. box, like we, we need to know, we need oh, to be yeah. able to get in there. We're the beneficiary, but we have no access. Absolutely. Great. Um, and these have definitely been a lot of great questions and we'll definitely wrap it up with this um, last question here. And so I know we talked about, um, you know, traditional and non-traditional uh, plans and different ages, but, um, a great question is for someone who's actually already had a 
plan and they're um, elder, you know, mm-hmm. uh, elderly. They have a plan, but the plan may not necessarily be as great as it needs to be. So some adjustments need to be made, but the adjustments may not need to be made with the policy or who who you have it with. You want to actually go through someone else. So would you have to start this this process all over again? And what does that look like, um, you know, coming out of pocket? Because it's probably going to be super expensive now. So yes. what will we be looking at now? Usually what I um, would inform someone in that particular situation is let's take a look at, look at your current policy. Okay. Um, let's see if it's beneficial for you to make any adjustments. Um, it may not be beneficial to make adjustments within the policy, mm-hmm. or it may not be beneficial to actually establish a new policy, especially at that, at that age, mm-hmm. because you have the factors of risk. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the likelihood of this person living another 10, 20, 30 years. Right. Um, and that new policy that you may want to get them in may be more costly mm-hmm. than what they're actually able to afford. Okay. So the key thing is just taking a look at what they have currently mm-hmm. and talking it over with um, not only with their, the, the client itself, but also talking it over with whomever they des- um, decided their um, beneficiary would be. Okay. Um, because sometimes I think when we look to help the elderly, mm-hmm. I know for me, I wouldn't want um, their children or anyone that's family related to come in and feel like I've bamboozled right. this person. Mm-hmm. So it's important to have another party in place to make help make that decision for that elderly person. Okay. Not to say that they can't do it. Right, right. <laughs> just you want a third eye mm-hmm. just to, because if that person is going to be responsible for taking care mm-hmm. of, of the elderly's, you know, responsibilities, right. you want to make sure that you have someone in place for that. So right. Looking at the current policy is the key thing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't automatically just suggest them to go into a new policy just because it's a new business. Right. Um, like I said, my my point is to help. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> not, it's not all about getting a new client. And, exactly. And making yeah. money off that new client. And I think that's where a lot of people get scared, mm-hmm. you know, because they feel like they're going to get sold. Um, and that's definitely one of the reasons why I wanted to have you here because I wanted to talk about the real. You know, let's separate the real from the fake news. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, um, and, you know, really what I would like to know um, out of all of the, the great information that you share with us today, what is a main um, takeaway that we can get out of definitely making sure that we have some sort of life insurance or we have some sort of plan or we're getting ready to set up some appointment and also how we can reach you to do that? That's a lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, the key thing that I would like to take away and to point out to your, your, your audience is um, having that discussion, um, especially in the brown communities, um, because that's where we tend to avoid um, taking care of our responsibilities. Right. Um, I think when you have those, those discussions, whether or not people want to have them, um, and, and not to say that you're forcing them, but you're just keeping it real, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if you have, you know, Pookie that doesn't have a job, but he's living in your household and he's under the age of 18, you know, he's sleeping on your couch, he has no job, he has no big major responsibilities, mm-hmm. but in the event that he passes away because of his lifestyle, then you're going to be the person that's going to be go funding me yeah. or funding him right. to bury him. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have a real conversation with yourself and with him to say, hey, look, you need to think about how you want to live your life. Right. You continue on this path, 
then I need to make sure I have myself <laughs> set up to yeah. take care of in, in the event that that happens. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the biggest thing, having the conversation and not avoiding, you know, those really important conversations so that you can be prepared and you can make a plan, um, you know, in the event that there's a what if that comes in life. Right. Um, as far as my information. Um, Which will be on our website, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can reach me at uh, my email address, which is uh, tdj96 at hotmail.com. My email address, or my telephone number is 214-762-0567. I am currently taking a break off of Facebook. Um, I'm just kind of through yes. with all of the oh, craziness man. that's going on with Facebook. Sometimes we need a break. <laughs> oh, yeah. I needed to disconnect for yes. a minute. Uh, and I'm okay with I that. I am not mad at you. <laughs> yes, do it. Um, but I am on uh, Instagram for the moment. Mm -hmm. And my Instagram address is uh, at I am Tiffany. I am the real Tiffany J. <laughs> I, I am the real Tiffany J. Yes. T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-J. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you. I want to thank you again for coming out today Yay. and just dropping these nuggets of knowledge. Uh, because again, this is very important information. This is something we need to take serious today, mm -hmm. not manana. Yes. Don't okay. Wait on it. Don't Please do not wait. It. Exactly. So again, um, she gave you all of her contact information. Her information is going to be on my website again, fancychatblog.com. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, Miss Tiffany. I hope you guys have a great night. Thanks for tuning in and continue to keep it fancy. Bye. Bowed up in all the splendor. Take notice when she enters. She make it hard not to remember how she felt in her agenda. Politics with different women. Smart, powerful businesswomen determined to reach their goals. CEOs and CFOs. Sophisticated divas when you pull up as Patricia. Stunned when she greets ya. Picture perfect Mona Lisa. Let's delegate, motivate, elevate. Whether you pray or meditate, live better, be better, do better. Fancy chat, make me and you better. Yeah.